Welcome to Level Up. I'm Sherelle. And I'm Danny. And this is the podcast where we talk about health, fitness, and mindset. Today, we're talking about the five types of boundaries that you need to set. A really important topic, and we've noticed this theme come up everywhere, Mm. where you either love saying no, or you cannot say no for the life of you. Absolutely. Boundaries are something that we all need to be familiar with, and they're so personal, right? Like everyone's boundaries look completely different, but today we're going to talk about the different types of boundaries, because I feel like a lot of people throw the word around. They're like, oh, you know, strong boundaries, healthy boundaries, and... What's that even mean? Do you know what I mean? Like, what is a boundary? How do we know when to set a boundary? How do we know when a boundary is being crossed? How do we know what other people's boundaries are? So that's what we're going to go through today, just the five different types. But I might even start with a little bit of a definition. because Even a bit of a read base. Yeah. Well, we need to define the key term, right, to know what we're actually talking about. So just definition-wise, uh, boundaries refer to the emotional, physical and psychological limits we establish to protect ourselves and maintain our well-being. There are different types of boundaries and they can vary in different contexts, but the five common types are physical, emotional, mental, time slash energy, and then materialistic boundaries. So mm. yeah, that's a bit of a snapshot of just like, I guess, the different categories. But in reality, I guess boundaries are just ways that we protect our relationships, right? Relationships with others, but then also relationships with ourselves because boundaries are there to keep relationships healthy, to keep relationships strong. And a lot of people like dislike, I don't want to say hate, but a lot of people don't like setting boundaries because they're worried about what other people might think. But the reality is that boundaries are there to preserve relationships. Yeah, particularly the one with yourself, as you were saying, because if you can't stay true to what you want and Mm -hmm. your values, then you're just living life for everyone else and you're giving your energy to everyone else. And then over time you lose who you are. You don't know what you like anymore and what you stand for and it's just really exhausting. Mm -hmm. And I know everyone has been through a period where their boundaries have been crossed whether it be big or small and, you know, what is big for one person might be small for another and vice versa. Um, But getting older, I think, makes setting boundaries a little bit easier because you can become so sure on who you are. um, Then you can begin to recognise, well, this activity or this person aligns with my values now and this doesn't. Mm. But you meet people who have issues with people pleasing and wanting to fit in and we're definitely aware that that is a psychological process that must be worked on with a professional in terms of people pleasing and and those types of anxious attachment styles so we're not here to coach someone out of a mental health issue or something they need to work on but we're just Mm. here to give our anecdotes and even some light-hearted advice and tips on how we set boundaries that feel safe for us and that we feel safe to share. Absolutely. Boundaries are for us to feel psychologically safe. That's why we have them, right? Because if we can maintain our own sense of self and we can, you know, stay in, in, I don't want to use language, stay in the window, like have good self-awareness and be able to do what we want to do and, and maintain that safety with ourselves, we can make good decisions, right? Because when we don't feel safe is when we usually make poor decisions or irrational decisions, or we lash out at someone, or we do something that perhaps we wouldn't have done if we were just a bit slower or had more pace. So knowing what our boundaries are is really important. But I had a question for you. 
how do you know when a boundary's been crossed? Like, do you notice anything in your body or, or maybe even thoughts or anything for you to say that's a boundary? My mind literally just says, I don't want to do this or I don't want to be here. Yep. Like, it's very black and white. How do you me notice now? that? Like, is your, it's your My mind. head says it. Yeah. <laughs> Move, run. My mind just says, this sucks. I don't want to be here with this person or yep. I'm doing something that I don't feel good about. And, yes, I think the, the mental, like... I'm good at recognising it now. Mm. When I was younger, different story. You find yourself in the middle of a situation and then it might have been a bit of a lag time. But I feel like I've just gotten to know myself so much more than when I was young that if I am still in that situation, which it's going to happen, my mind just says no. Yeah. Or I just get a weird feeling like you might notice an increased heart rate. You might jolt a little bit, butterflies... Um, which is different to feeling nervous for something because they can cross over. You might feel nervous about a new experience or even the activation energy that we get before our first podcast in a while. You just feel a bit jittery, but you still do the thing because you know it's going to be awesome. Mm. That is different to getting those feelings and then you just go, nah, my gut is telling me get the hell out of this situation. Yep. It's a felt sense, right? Like when we have a boundary, it's something we feel and then we think. Right, like we go get out of my space. Like that's a boundary, a physical boundary, right? Like even when we talk physically, about physical, yeah, you feel physically it. you're like, oh, you know when someone's <laughs> too close and you're like, just those people that just love coming to talk to you but they're like 30 centimetres from you and you just step back. Yes. Like what are you doing? Yeah, like I'm a hugger, right? Like when yes. I say I hug everyone, I touch everyone <laughs> and I'm like reminded not everyone likes that. Yeah. Um, and I think it's the old nurse in me that I would just always be touching people for something. Like I had no sense of physical boundaries. Um, and sometimes <laughs> like I know a lot of people will say this about when they go through hospitals, like, oh, I just felt like a, an object, you know, like if oh, anyone's really? ever had surgery. Like, you, you get know, you chucked just, around Yeah, chucked thing. around, thrown around on a mat and needle <laughs> in your arm. Like it, you forget, right? But consent's so important, obviously. Like you know, yeah, ask yeah. people. But <laughs> when it's it sort of is warped as a boundary, um, you forget that that's a boundary for other people too, right? So especially when it comes to physical uh, space because I know they've actually uh, studied this or done like research on this that people that are born like remotely or in the country where they have lots of space, they have uh, like a smaller tolerance for proximity to being in contact. So they need more space. I'm not like that and I think it's just because of my working background even though I grew up in the country. But um, I can sense that, right? You're on a tram in the city and you're like just sardines whereas (laughs) I'm like trying to breathe and being like... But you adapt. So everyone has their own physical boundaries of like proximity to someone. Some people hug. We've all hugged someone, not all of us, but you've probably hugged someone I have and it's like that's obviously a boundary for them where they just all of a sudden become like stick and you're like, (laughs) oh, sorry, I didn't mean to do that. It's cultural as well. You get cultures that are, yeah, just so hugging or two kisses on the cheek or even four, you know, but I think culturally is something as well. that yeah, you you tend to forget, and you just you just got to read the room though. I feel mm. like a lot of people just don't know because they're just so in their world. They don't pay attention to the cues, but you can clearly see if someone's uncomfortable yep. or if they're engaging. But one thing that I did notice, or I I heard about with kids now, apparently you need to say. Can you give me a hug? Like you need to, because yeah, you know, I know. you just want to hug the shit out of little kids because it's so cute, yeah. particularly family and stuff. You just instead of saying "give me a hug" or "make sure you kiss your brother" or "hug your brother" and all that, it's mm. like, oh, apparently, I'm not a parent yet. 
but you're meant to say now, can I have a hug? And it makes sense in a way, but it's kind of like, where do you draw the line? Yeah. Reading cues, I suppose. It's so It's hard true. with kids. It's so like even. Like hug, oh, that awkward. We all remember when you're young and then you're just forced to hug that relative that oh, you just don't know. Go through hi to your uncle. I know, it's like, oh, I'm like five years old and I just don't want to hug that person yeah. even though we're related. Yeah, it's kind of like you just know that squeamish feeling yeah. where your boundaries are being crossed even as a kid. So true. Look. Our, like I feel like us poor millennials, we really got the bad end of the stick when it comes to a lot of things. And look, our parents parented in what with the information they had access yeah. to in the best possible way. But that makes perfectly good sense. Like, why wouldn't you ask someone before? I guess going into a physical boundary or a space for someone that makes perfect sense. But yeah, I think a lot of people like they forget that, you know, and obviously when it comes to boundaries, one of the single most important things is being able to do a U-turn and have self-awareness Yeah, because how are you even going to notice your own felt sense or how you're feeling if you're not asking yourself and we're so conditioned culturally just to do things rather than to question or like ask why we're doing it or whether it's appropriate or what other people think. And we just don't normally do that. So when it comes to boundaries, the first step to almost anything is self-awareness. Like you can't change a behavior that you're not first aware of the same way that you can't respect a boundary that you're not first aware of. And I would love to talk a little bit about communication later on when we get down to sort of the mental and emotional, because I think that's just a big missing layer as well when it comes to boundaries is like well how are we supposed to know because we have to be and we have to take control over our own boundaries we can't control other people's boundaries like that's not that's not how it works so boundaries are for us to know what ours are and then we have to obviously communicate that to other people too consent, consent. that's what you mentioned yes so I think consent in every single setting is the most important, particularly professionally. Mm. And just I love when I'm – obviously I'm, I have my own patients, but when I'm a patient, for example, if I'm getting a skin needling treatment yeah. or something, what I love – and I actually gave my chick that this feedback. I go, I love how you tell me every step that you're about mm. to do. She's like, okay, I'm just putting this cream on now. It's going to be a little bit cold. Yes. And I know what to expect. Yep. She doesn't just go in with the needle and just start all over my face. It's like, Very okay, true. this is going to feel a bit like this. Can I do this? And I just love that consent and the communication that mm. you just feel so comfortable. It is so true. It's like, the best. You know something I'm thinking of? What? I am so traumatised by my teenager or my the dentist I had when I was a teenager. Oh god. Like like the the, the boundaries I wish that they practice. Like just tell me if the needle's going in. Right. Oh, like those sort that's of things. Not good. Whereas when I went to uni and I remember I got this new dentist and she was just like so amazing that I was like this dentist is incredible. Like she she tells me everything she's going to do. She gives me informed consent. She educates me. She asks for my permission. She yeah. seeks feedback. And then when I think about it I'm like isn't that just like an expectation we should all have? Like, why is that a good dentist? Like, why why is that a good dentist? Do you know what I mean? And even as coaches, as like, honestly, for some people, as mothers, as daughters, as sisters, as anything, like we should always be asking consent of like what we actually do, but we just don't stop to think about it. Like we just do. And because we're in such a fast paced world, we're just so busy. Everyone honestly thinks about themselves. That's sort of just the way we do. It's important to actually question, like, I wonder what boundaries other people have around this thing, especially when it's something invasive, like, 
you know, I can't imagine as like dentist, you know, mm. like we've all had that experience. It's because they do the same thing over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Even us in healthcare, you know, you're taking blood for something. You've done it a million times. Or if I was doing a test on someone that involves yep. me bringing their leg up, you do it a million and one times and you know it's safe, but mm. you need to treat everyone as an individual because more often than not, it's their first time in that experience, even though it might be your 10,000th time, yep. you still need to treat it like the first time and say, hey, I'm going to do this. It mm. might feel uncomfortable at this point. Stop me at any time. Mm. So I think that's why people just don't do it because it's Groundhog Day for them. Yeah. They know it's safe. They forget to tell people. But it's also socially acceptable as well. Normally yeah. we greet people, hi, goodbye. Might be a kiss on the cheek, or depending on the relationship, a hug or anything like that. But for some reason there are instances that might seem weird. Like, for example, and I'm going to bring the football into this, we win a game, you hug everyone around you. You can hug someone that you would never look twice at when you walk past the street because they, I don't know, not your cup they of tea. They got the scarf on. They've, they, I don't know, yeah, like they just don't look like a person you'd engage with. As soon as you win a sporting game, you are hugging that person as if they've been your best friend forever. But <laughs> without that context of winning the sporting yeah. game, if you just, if everyone in the stadium just started hugging randomly, it would be weird as all shit. Yeah. But like there's so many social cues that are unspoken mm. that are okay as well. Mm. So I find that just so interesting because yep. you might be like after we won, I was jumping up on my brother, I was lifting up everyone and it's like that would be so weird if we didn't just win a sporting game. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's a, that, That's a really good example, right, where context really does matter context. because, yeah, the physical the physical boundaries that we have, I feel like it sets the framework um, as well. And, you know, it's, it's an interesting time because boundaries are sort of blurred when we then go in on, online, right, and we look mm. at mental and emotional and how sort of, the boundaries in that area shift and change. And I feel like for me, I, the last maybe two years, I think business has forced me to do this, but the last two years, I've probably been the firmest that I've ever been with boundaries, I reckon, in my life, in my life. Because when you're growing up, you just do it. You just do, you just action. You're just like, I need to do the things, right? Need to do the things. But then I feel like, as you said, when you get older, I don't know what it is. Maybe you, you, have more self-awareness, you're a bit clearer on what you want to do, you've got more self-esteem, more confidence, you know what your values are, your morals are, um, and you know the people that you want to spend your time with, etc. and you're just a bit more, I don't know, direct. I feel like yep. the last couple of years I've probably been the firmest with naming my needs because that's what a boundary is. It's like a need that we need other people to meet in order for that relationship to stay healthy because if they can't need or they can't meet that need, the boundary becomes blurred and it impacts the relationship. That's what I've noticed. And when it comes to working with clients, when it comes to having like a team, when it comes to um, even having mentors, when it comes to having business partnerships, like just naming needs is so important, right? And even we've had multiple conversations about like just naming needs. And I feel like when you don't do that initially, like green light needs, like just these are the things I need, this is what we have to do, like green light if you ignore that and you don't do that because it makes you feel uncomfortable, it goes yellow light. And it's like, oh, no, you're going to like say something. And then if you don't do it, then it goes red light. And it's like now you've actually got to set a firm boundary with them and have a hard conversation. And yep. I've had to go red light in the past. Mm. And I just hate being there. And I'm like, every time I'm in that situation, I'm like, you remember this because you didn't name a boundary or a need 
couple months ago, couple weeks ago, couple years ago. You didn't name that. And now the boundary's just been not met, not met, not met. And it's gotten to this red light that now you've got to attend to and probably put firmer boundaries in place because of it. And I just feel like it's such an interesting thought because we're not taught about boundaries at all, right? We're just told to do what we're told to do and obey by what's being set around us. And it's so important, like all the most successful people in the world that have firm boundaries but they understand what they are and they're good at communicating them in green light scenarios yeah I think when like you learn when you're little no means no like yes. we have those life ed bands and say no to drugs and yep. say no to a stranger blah 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 like we learn those but from business sense mm. you don't really learn it as you even said, relationship sense relationships though. you know boundaries are so important to name but then as we get older talking about what you were saying just then I think as we get older they're more important because we have more responsibility now Mm. I mean if my boundary was crossed and I lose energy and time it doesn't matter but now if I lose energy and time there's a flowing effect that affects business that affects relationship it just affects so many more things so it gets way more important the more responsibility you have Mm. but then also I was even asking some people I, I always find it quite interesting where someone says oh I've been invited to so many social events and I can't say no. And it's so common. I've heard it so many times. Whereas now it's a hobby for me to say no to things. Like (laughs) it's just, you know what it's like. But we joke, but then it's actually a real problem for people. And I say, why do you mind, you know, elaborating? I go, look, I'm not a psychologist, but if you want to share why you're a bit scared to say no. And then it's always fear of never being invited again, being known as the person who's just not down for the activities that they're friends. So they don't want to feel like an outcast, which is interesting. And then you just need to challenge that thought. And I flip it on them and I say, well, if your friends said they couldn't come to Mm. that event, would you hate them? You might be a bit disappointed if your best mate can't come to something you want to do with them. You go, oh, that sucks that you can't come. You don't hate that person forever. So for some reason, Mm. we're just so primal in a sense of wanting to connect that we feel like if we say no to that person, we're rejecting them and then we're just going to be exiled from the clan. And if we are exiled for the clan, why would you want to be a part of that shit clan anyway? They're (laughs) not your real clan. Yeah, exactly. It's so true, right? And even when I think about... The amount of times I used to get asked to do double shifts, but I and uh. I would lie. I'd be like, "Oh no, I've got a dentist appointment." <laughs> that dentist, or I'd <laughs> With say, that "Dentist who doesn't oh. consent." But you know, <laughs> I just should have said, "I've I've got plans. I'm going to the gym," or like whatever. That's a boundary for me. Like yeah. it's important that I do those things. But as a society, I think we're taught to feel shame and guilt, and like we have responsibility, and you're letting people down. Yeah. And I also think that women. I don't want to be sexist or anything, but from my observation, women experience this that so much more than men where we really just want to like not let people down and we've got these people-pleasing parts that show up and we've got a strong attachment to everyone and we want to be, you know, a good friend, a good mum, a good sister, a good girlfriend and a good employee and we just want to do a really good job. And it's great intentions, but it's okay to say no because you just don't want to. Like you said, I have no qualm saying no to social events now. Like, it's like, no, I'm pretty tired today. That's fair. That's fair. Like, why is that not a fair excuse? Why do you have to have a physical appointment with someone else? Yeah, true. Rather than just being like, I'm gassed. Yeah. Because sometimes, like, I can have the craziest, busiest weeks and then I just need my weekend to, to sleep and give back to myself and, like, be an introvert. 
Do you know? Like the older I get, the more introverted I become. I don't know why, but like I used to be so extroverted on the weekends, but now I just know the roles have reversed. I'm so extroverted in the work that I do. I'm always speaking, communicating, connecting with people that I just need my own alone time. And totally. if, if you need that, like it's a need, you need to name it because if you don't name needs and boundaries and I just go to the birthday party or go to the celebration or go to the event and I don't want to be there, I'm actually going to probably start to resent that person exactly or the situations or the events like it's not the events it's not the birthday party's fault that I'm tired <laughs> I just need to sleep and yeah. like you said if the, if the roles were reversed and you can sort of like flip the script to sort of be like well if the other person was tired and they had a big week like of course if, like if they're my friend like I, one no one cares <laughs> like, no one cares, no one cares. <laughs> um but it, it's actually again it's like we have to know that that's okay to do it and to name that boundary what I love doing if I like can't go out to something late or it's just not my thing, I say, I'm, thank you for the invite, blah, blah, blah. I'm really sorry. I've had a huge week at work. I'm tired or whatever. Yeah. Like I tell the truth now because if they can't accept the truth, they're not my friend. Um, and then I say, why don't we catch up for breakfast on this day yes. instead or go for a walk? or Because, yeah. you know, we deal with so many or well, everyone who wants to better their health and wellness and going out partying isn't aligning with their no. values. So I always have this conversation with people, reschedule an event together or compromise something that is aligned with your value. As I mm. said, a nice breakfast or a walk or just something that you can both enjoy. And what I also love saying is if it's a big event thing, I say, why don't we have some one-on-one -on -one time mm. just to chat? It's yeah. been a while. There's going to be a big group on Saturday. How about next Wednesday we catch up for a nice breakfast? Yeah. And it works. Mm. I don't know. I love it. And then, yes, you mentioned women may experience it more in a sense, but then I've talked to Paul a lot about this because mm. bless him, he has become the man in his life and everyone's life where they just want a slice of him. Yeah. He has to fix everything. Because he loves the responsibility. He likes being the reliable one. Yeah. But it's getting to a point now where it's really wearing him down, where yeah. we, we do have to discuss, well, at what point do you start saying oh, no? no. Yeah, but then so you don't want to wreck that image that you've got of yourself of being uh, reliable too because it's nice to feel like you can help other people. But, you know, every single person who is in our role of healthcare who might who has a family... Yep. who wants to help other people in even in a sport like in any community that you're in if you've given yourself this role to be the provider the helper it's that constant battle of yes you want to help other people but then it can easily push too far where you just say yes that one too many times mm -hmm. and your energy is gone yeah but it's not as easy as all of a sudden I'm saying no because then if you start saying no, people are going to have a different opinion on you. Mm. But you're always the one that I call for help or but you you always fix this. So yeah. I feel like it has to be a dial. Yeah. Even though sometimes we just want to say, well, fuck everything. I'm staying in home for a week. I just want to have a tantrum. <laughs> sometimes you want to have a tantrum but it's like yeah. I think you've got to dial it. Yeah. I don't I know. know. No, it's I hard. completely agree. I completely agree. And I remember um, like I was saying to Luke the other day, it's like sometimes you just feel like you can't have a bad day. Like, like, it's like, I want to have a bad day. Yeah. Like, I want to crack a fit and I want someone else to come in and manage me, yeah. right? Because it's it's just, it's it's so different, like you said, when you've got responsibility um, 
And when you are that person where people come to you with their bad day and problems and you're sort of help, like there to help and, you know, we choose that. Like I honestly think that we, we pick these roles. It's sort of who we are and we naturally would do that regardless. We're just people, not people pleasers, um, I wouldn't say, but we I just, serve I'm a, people. I'm a, that's it, a server. That's yeah. it. I'm here to serve. Um, and I just love fixing problems. It's my default, honestly. It's like when something happens, it's so bad. Like I'll have to say to Luke, if he'll come to me with a problem and he tells me the problem, I say, do you want me to listen or do you want me to fix it? Because I, I need that. I need that. I need him to tell me. He's like, I just want you to listen. I'm like, great. Does he ever say, I want you to fix it? Well, yeah, if he wants oh, me to help. Like, good. not fix it, but like, oh, do you want advice? Yeah, yeah. Do, you want, do, you want, do you want me to fix it? Yeah. Or do you want me to, yeah, like, you know, because it's just good. like rather than me trying to fix it, and he just wants someone to listen because mm. nine times out of ten, people just want you to listen. Yeah, they don't want you to fix it. But people like us, I'm I'm in <laughs> it's there. It's quicker for us to just to fix it. Oh, yeah, I know. We think that. <laughs> um, we think that. But yes, I, I think just like understanding that and like that's that's another boundary for me. Like I just need clarity. Otherwise, he's going to get frustrated at me. And yeah. you know, it's it's through those things that helps you have healthy relationships when you have self awareness. But then you have awareness about the other person. You can really? name needs. You can name boundaries. And you can really like work with them rather than just like bashing heads um i think that's really important yeah yeah it's something that i'm always working on in in my relationship and with friends as well there's i think personal relationships are different because friends you might not see for a few weeks and it's fine but then you yeah. can't do that with your partner it just doesn't work so I, I love that one of um i'm gonna practice it more because when you're in your own world, you're just the main character living your life and it's all good, but you've got to remember that other people have problems that feel mm. very real to them and it might be so small to you, and I'm talking to myself here, it's so small to me, but to them it's the biggest deal. So mm. I love that where you ask them, do you want me to listen or do you want me to help with a solution? I'm going to practice that one. Yeah, see how it goes. It confuses goes. people because they sort of are like, hmm. I haven't thought of that. Yeah. They haven't thought of that. They're like, you know what, now that you say it, I actually just want you to listen to me. It completely changes the conversation. When you go in with intent of like what what do they, you need from me, right, it's a boundary. They're naming their That's needs. Because cool. if you're trying to fix a problem, they don't want your help fixing, how's that go? Never goes well in relationships, does it? No. It's sort of like just you always like, Why are you that? telling me this? You always tell me what to do. <laughs> yeah. Right? Because a boundary is not control. And I think people get them mixed up. Like a boundary, like let's just say smoking is always an easy example, right? But like if someone's smoking, instead of me being like, don't smoke, that's controlling. But if I say, if you smoke inside, I'm not going to invite you over. That's a boundary. <laughs> that's controlling. No, it's not. It's like you can smoke, you just can't come over, right? Like it's, <laughs> it's naming a boundary rather than like me trying to control. Like me telling someone what to do is not naming a boundary. But you're like indirectly telling them what to do manipulating by manipulating them. the context. Yeah. Don't smoke inside, smoke outside, right? Yeah. Like don't come in. I won't invite you over if you do that. <laughs> <laughs> but we can do it that it's not about them. It's actually about us and what we oh, need. Okay. Right? It's not, I don't care what they do. Right, like I don't care about their behaviour. Like maybe yeah. I don't like it, but it's not like that's not going to change my needs or anything like that. Whereas when you're communicating a boundary, it's like you're naming the things that you need them to respect for that relationship to work because boundaries aren't about you. 
like they're about the relationships, right? They're about preserving those things. And you don't have to like everyone's boundaries. You don't have to agree with them. But more often than not, I find that that's when the relationships don't work. If like people aren't respecting your needs and, and you know, your values and your interests and all those things, like usually you're just not in a relationship. And I think that people get stuck in that, right? Especially they like do. longer term relationships. They get stuck. One, because now they're redlining their boundaries that they just never labeled from the start. But then two, they're just on such different wavelengths and interests. And I think that when you've got different values, like the boundaries can essentially be quite different too. Hey guys, if you're enjoying the episode, please share it with a friend or share it on your socials and don't forget to tag us. I think it's important to do everything you said in a term in the terms of communicating um, making your boundaries clear yeah. after you actually get to know what they are because yeah. most people don't even know why they feel run down and unmotivated make the boundaries clear then if they're not met after really long communication cut the relationship but you do have those people who <laughs> are just like you got to I said after communication but you've got people who are just like nah they did one thing wrong I'm not yeah. even going to talk to them like don't be stubborn that's so old yeah. school and it reminds me of like the older generations in my family are just like, nah, they did that one thing, I'm going to hold a grudge forever, yeah. never talk to them again. It's like, mm. well, maybe they didn't know that that was one of your boundaries. Like communicate it. If it's then not met, mm. then see you later. Yep. Like have that step first at least. Yeah. Do you have any strong boundaries that stand out for you that sort of like either make sense or like don't make sense, like that just make you a little bit curious that are important for you to sort of be met by people that you're in relationships with, whether it's personal or professional? Uh, I think, well, actually moving to emotional boundaries, I think that's one of my most that I'm protected over in a sense because I am so protective over what I'm consuming. Yeah. That's emotional, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, like your mental diet, like what you're watching that on social media. dialogue and, yeah. and yeah. like I don't – and it's not really other humans. So I'm, so I'm kind of answering your question but like I have my routines, I have my things that I watch mm. and that I just don't watch. Like I don't wake up and watch the news first thing. Yes. Some people love it. My mum loves it. She relaxes with the cat and the dog next to her, has her coffee. Out. Stresses me out. I don't <laughs> like that. I don't like watching overly violent things on the TV anymore because I'm just so wound yeah. up during my day. I don't want to sit there and watch a movie about yeah. something nuts that's just going to spiral me like, yeah. with anxiety. Like I, they're more – oh, and another big one, just people telling me the same problem over and over and over and over <laughs> again and that's the part doing of me nothing that, about it. And doing nothing about it and that's the part of me that likes solutions but then it's like – that's another boundary. So mm. I think it's more just words rather mm. than the whole physical thing. It's more just like the the repetitive negativity that is out there trying to be enforced in my head. Yep. I just hate it. Yep. I hate it because I've worked so hard on my little bubble. But then I realised that it is a bubble and mm. I've almost lost resilience on how to handle negativity mm. though. So that's what I found really interesting. Like mm. I, I just get a little bit more or I'm not as patient with things because I've sort of crafted my own world of happiness and it's not always happy, but for the most part, I enjoy being me. Yeah. And then I just feel less patient when that's being infiltrated yep. by shit. Mm. Yep. I don't know. I don't know if that answers anything. Yeah, it does. Like our boundaries <laughs> change, right? Mm. Based on our bandwidth and based on our tolerance and based on the weather for me, honestly, like your boundaries can really shift and change like based on you, but it's about 
being in tune enough with what they are and I can hear it in you. You're like, I hate that. I hate it. Right? Because that's what a boundary is. It's a felt sense. It's like you can feel it. But then it's like, well, what do you do with that? It's like people that can't name boundaries, they just hold on to it, you know, and then they end up resenting the person for something that they're just doing and it might be just a quirk they've got, you know, and it's like, why? I wish you just told me that. I didn't know that was frustrating because that's just something that I do. But it's those little things that actually matter. Like that's what I found when it comes to, like communication and building relationships and rapport. Um, and like I said, I think in business, it's really forced me to grow in that area because you don't build businesses, you build relationships and yep. people and people build businesses, right? So like if you can't build relationships and good ones, you you won't you won't go far, right? You need them. So I feel like I've really had to learn to stretch into styles and, and ways of communicating and being that aren't naturally me um and a good example is I know we've spoken about in this in the past which I might actually get you to do is like your disc profile where it's sort of like oh yeah is it Maya Briggs that's another personality oh yeah yeah, yeah. all those personality all those testing. personality ones yeah this is one for oh, that's the workplace where it sort of gives you like a disc style disc they all stand for different things and where you fall naturally of course I'm a di which is direct and influential they're the sort of two styles that I lean heavily into. So direct, I'm forceful, I say what I think, <laughs> I'm opinionated, um, I'm assertive and, and and influential is like likes being around people, likes working, likes collaboration, has ideas, etc. And then Luke's the opposite. So he's an S, SC, where he's yeah. more steady, calm, likes numbers, thinking, like will always take more time where I'm like impulsive. So mm. like we all have natural tendencies and like being aware because all these – I guess, personality tests, working tests, like when they're just self-awareness of being able to understand where people naturally sit because they're strong boundaries, right? And opposites attract. I genuinely believe that. And I think in business as well, it's important to have multiple. Yeah, you can't just be Mm. all like no no surprise all the coaches were like all D's (laughs) because it's like I hired them, I liked them, right? And we naturally gravitate towards our own styles. But understanding your natural tendencies, right, I've had to be like, okay, well, just because I'm a D and I'm assertive, that can actually come across as forceful and aggressive mm. to an S. Because it's like, I just think I'm being creative and innovative, but Luke's like, you're being aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> like He wouldn't say that, but it can come across to other people that aren't Luke that maybe in the team don't feel comfortable enough to say like, yeah. oh, you just crushed my idea. Yeah. You know, so you can see that mm. your like level of self-awareness, like I understand that that's how I want to get the message across, but do I want to be right or do I want the outcome? You know, like yeah, I need okay. to change my style and not change my boundary, but just change my style to get to the intended outcome. So everyone feels like their boundaries are being respected right? Because that's really important. And that's what I mean about when you understand boundaries yourself, like what your boundaries are and and then also what other people's boundaries are and you can interpret the type of person and maybe how they're sensing boundaries. Like I can tell when I'm a little bit too much for someone in the room, I can be like, okay, I probably need to pull back here and maybe speak last and just keep my mic on mute and just sit back. Add you can some tell. smiley faces in Add the text. Add some emojis. Emojis. Honestly, everything. A few like, more words. Yeah, love heart. Love words. Um, put them everywhere. But <laughs> they're so important, right, especially in digital communication. So important. Yeah. In terms of um, boundaries being crossed, well, we're now talking in a sense of – and that is interesting and I will do that test um, – Protecting thoughts, beliefs and values. Like how do you protect your thoughts and Mm. your beliefs aside from just being really direct and like whatever, but how do you protect what's in your head? Yeah, that's a good question. I think protecting your thoughts 
comes down to your mental diet, like what you consume on a daily basis. And I think that scrolling and social media and the news and external stimuli, it seems so easy and so subconscious and therapeutic, but it does drain a lot of energy from us. And sometimes I have to catch myself out of like where I'm spending my energy. Like we, we can, like our thoughts consume us, you know, we, we go wherever we think. So if I'm going to be spending too much time scrolling on social media, looking at other people's lives, well, what's that actually taking away from me? Like every time we put time somewhere else, it takes away from time somewhere else, right? Mm. So I think for me, it's about just catching myself out because I'm never going to be perfect. And a big part of my job is on social media, to be honest. So it's, it's always going to consume me in some way, but being able to catch yourself out um, and then also having boundaries around it. Like I know how important like routine and sleep is for me just to be able to function. Um, I have one day off social media a week where I just don't do anything. I don't post. I just sort of like don't go on my stories. I just don't do anything. Um, and I found that so therapeutic just to reset and just to live in the real world because sometimes it can really just take you away and you get so caught up in it all. So having clear physical boundaries around like time, routine, sleep, um, structure with work, being super organized so that, yes, I've done everything I need to for the week. I'm going to have this day off and I'm going to really enjoy it. Um, And making sure that I'm just like being organized with those things and also naming that to other people. Like I think naming that to people around me to to say like, hold me accountable to this. Like I think it's important that other people are aware of your boundaries because sometimes they're hard to stick to. And often we don't know we need a boundary until it's been crossed, uh, which, you know, it's not fun being there. Is there anything that That's you do not. differently? Um, kind And I kind of want to backpedal so I didn't sound too hard. And I love that. Thank you for sharing. I want to backpedal in a sense where I said, you know, people having the same problem over and over and over again. I noticed that I get more impatient if I'm tired or if I engage in someone when I'm not ready or I answer the phone when I'm rushing and then someone mm-hmm. wants to have a 45-minute conversation. So I think we need to take ownership on how we respond to people as well. Of course, yeah. Like we all have maybe, I don't know, a family member or a friend who you know you need a good 60-minute time block to catch up. Don't do that 60-minute time block after a massive day where you've been stressed all day and then you just can't be bothered giving them time and energy because everyone is important. And for the people who have problems and they just might enjoy actually having a problem, but then you need mm. to take ownership and say, well, is that something I need to listen to over and over and over again or give them the chance to vent to someone else? Mm. So be smart with your time blocks with people and preserve your energy first always. And then if you get yourself calm and ready for that 60-minute phone call and you know how it's going to be the same shit where they just talk about themselves the whole time, just get mentally prepared for it and take yeah. ownership. I feel like people are too responsive to answer emails open their messages, answer the phone when they're just not ready. Like be disciplined in your boundary of not communicating so then when you are ready to communicate, you're fresh Mm. and you're going to be more solution-focused, whether it be relationships or business as well. So Mm. I'm very protective on when I catch up with people, particularly when it's people that you love because their problem or that you want to help, even a client, you know, their problem's very real but you don't open a client message 1am on a Saturday. Mm. Give yourself that time where you're ready, you're in the zone, you're in coaching mode yep. to then be there for them. Yep. Then when your mum calls you and she might have a problem with something, you're in daughter mode. Yep. Like we need to filter out who we are and like what you were saying, add, you know, add, we add more emojis and 
change our language based around people, not changing your values, but just sort of getting to know everyone's communication mm. styles. And then we have to decide, well, is it someone that I want in my life forever? Well, mm. yes, but well, we can't be super direct to them if that's not how they respond. I can't be direct to my mum. She gets upset. Yeah. I'm like, mum, it's not that, you know, I don't. I'm just a D. It's just me. I'm a D. She goes, yeah, you're a D, all right? You bloody dickhead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know that. Yeah. So just, just changing is. your situations. And yeah. I think in our job working with people, you just learn how to be you do. different around different people. Yeah. It's a good skill to have. Yeah. I also see like self-awareness is a privilege in that if you have a level of self-awareness, you hold a great responsibility because the majority of the world doesn't. Um, yeah. And the more self-awareness that you have, the more shit you see, right? Like you're just like, far oh, yeah, out, you could use a bit of that. Like, but it's just not the reality. So that's like, if you, if you can hold that and you're even listening to this, right? If you're listening to this, you have some level of interest in personal development, self-development, self-awareness, right? You just wouldn't have made it this far if you didn't otherwise. So congratulations, you're a minority. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you, if you don't have that, like if people don't have that, it's like, you know, people flipping it about their shopping trolley wheel being wobbly. It's like, is that Look, that's problem? pretty shit. That is pretty shit. But, <laughs> but, but put it back and get a new one. Yes. You put it just exactly. Solution. Fix it mode, right? Do you want me to listen about your wheel or are we got a new trolley? <laughs> In that time you've told me about the wheel, you could have got that new exactly. trolley been halfway down the aisle. Yes, but people... <laughs> Like it's it's fixed and growth mindset, right? Some people aren't like that. And to be honest, I'll name a boundary right here and right now. I don't I'm not in relationships long with those people. Cause I just can't. I just I can't be around <laughs> people that drain me when I'm just like, well, just do something about it. They love it. They, they love, love having it. a problem. Yep. They're like, Sherelle, this happened to me and that happened to me. And then they're validated by the neighbor who's yeah. also the same. Yeah, yeah, my wheel shopping wheel was wobbly too, and they bond yeah. over it. It's the same as like <laughs> bitchiness. I just oh. can't stand that anymore, right? Like, so it. high school, right? Like, even then, like, like, let's just leave it. I've got way bigger problems in my life than what such and such is doing or who they're sleeping with. Like, <laughs> I just don't have time for that sort of stuff. And like I said, a lot of people still obviously engage in that sort of behaviour and that's fine. Like, go for it. But a boundary is about knowing your need and just naming that, removing yourself from situations, not engaging in the conversation, not falling into things, also not feeding into the energy. Like, you know, when you can feel yourself getting frustrated at someone or anything, I think I try really hard just to like, fuck it, like just leave. I just don't care. I try to not care too much because I feel like when you get then frustrated and caught up in it and you're frustrated, like that actually has worse effects on you. It's sort mm -hmm. of like, oh, now not only is this wrecked their day, it's wrecked mine too. Yeah. Um, and that's easier said than done. Like, don't get me wrong. You have to practice like a lot of willpower, especially when it's family or partners, because oh, that's even harder, right? Like talk about boundaries you can't just cut off family but you can spend less time with them you can you know you can do things to protect your own energy when you need it and something I do actually um <laughs> what do you do? something I do is because I'm quite impulsive um at, and like creative and like I just say what I think and I do things and sometimes I will do that obviously in the content space with content creation Whereas Luke is the opposite. He double checks everything. It's mm. like everything has to make sure it makes sense. And, and that's great. And I love that about him. But sometimes I just won't tell him about a post that I'm going to make or something oh. that I'm doing or whatever. If I know that he'll be like, just be careful, you know, like that, you know, how could that come across? Because he's cautious, right? Yeah. Whereas I'm not. And I know that sometimes I don't want that. I don't need it. 
right? And yeah. therefore, I don't ask for his opinion on things I don't want it. So that that's me just being aware of. Because I know that if he tells me, I'm probably going to second guess myself. And I actually know, like, look, that's fine. Do you know what I mean? Like, go for it. That's passion. That's that's your directness. That's okay to do that in certain occasions. Yeah. And look, sometimes I'm wrong. And <laughs> sometimes I'm like, yeah, look, I probably should have thought about <laughs> that one. But that's okay. But he can't say I told you so because he didn't tell you. Exactly. <laughs> that's the thing right there. That's the thing right there. But it's just that I've I've been burnt the hard way. Where like I probably have acted too quickly in places, and that's just why he thinks like that you know yeah. he just he's just protective and at the end of the day the people that care about you are protective yeah. they want the best for you um and they want your best version um and sometimes they just don't see that as well so being able to like not only name needs to the people around you but then also understand like what boundaries need to be named um and not letting things go too far like i feel that sets you up for success yeah but look there's nothing that you can post really that's going to be that bad in a sense and I, i'm probably more on the cautious side in, but yeah. I'm just doing so many other things that I don't I don't I just don't want to put out that kind of content but that's why your account and you and people look up to you and you're thriving because you do post those things that go oh fuck yeah like they're on your team about an opinion so it's not a boring page that you have because you you put your opinion out there and it's a bit cheeky and it might be a bit controversial very informative like you do it well and Yes, we can be cautious in life, but then you sometimes just have to take a risk. And particularly mm. if your personality is to be impulsive and not overthink, like I don't feel like you can make a decision that is so detrimental because you're very like aware. You can't really stuff it up. You're mm. not going to end up on that page hopefully getting cancelled. <laughs> as long as you don't edit all your photos, you're fine. <laughs> yeah, never know, right? You never know. Just don't edit shit. But, yeah, I think it, it just comes down to um, like that level of awareness, right, and that yeah. communication piece. And it's it's so much harder personally. I find it harder to practice boundaries with people that you care about than people that you don't really care about because, I like, I don't care about people that I don't care about. But when it's like your partner, your family, your friends, like you care – about letting people down. You care about not being able to fill that void that they want or deliver on what they're asking or saying no. Like you really care about that. And that's actually what's the most challenging aspect of setting boundaries for people because they're worried about letting someone else down. But at the end of the day, like I feel like a lot of people like – they don't have that level of privilege of to ask all the things of you. Like you don't have to do anything. And I know it's easier said than done, but sometimes you just have to set the boundary and it feels shit and that's okay. Like setting boundaries is hard. It's difficult. It's why most people don't do it. But we have to be okay with doing hard things. And honestly, when we avoid hard things and hard conversations, it ends up so much worse. Like as soon as there's a difficult conversation, I'm like, okay, I probably just need to rip the band-aid and just have this conversation while it's a green light so it doesn't go yellow or it doesn't go red and then it's a really hard conversation because I know that once it goes red, I just avoid so much. That's what I was going to say. That's when people just run away. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, it's just too far gone and having this conversation is so uncomfortable and then they just make themselves uncomfortable even more by avoiding the situation. Yeah. Yeah, but it is hard to set boundaries with your loved ones. Not only do you just absorb their energy, which is like annoying as because mm. if I'm having it or let's I'll, I'll flip it. If Paul's having an amazing day and then I'm a bit stressed, naturally it makes him stressed too. Yeah, and you I, deflect it. You deflect it and mirror neurons and everything. But even in like family gatherings or even you just fa- find yourself in a group where they're just talking shit about people because mm. they're having a cheeky laugh and if I don't engage, they straight away get offended. Mm. And it's like, oh, like, 
they just get offended when you don't engage in their gossip. And yeah. I hate being in that position so much. Yeah. It's like, why am I the bad person? Because I'm just trying to be nice. Yeah. But it's like you're the outcast in that situation then they get upset. Like they don't want to be bad for talking about someone mm. else so they make you feel bad. And it's like I shouldn't be feeling bad right now for not wanting to talk about someone. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like Grinds you said, people gears. use it as a, a form or like a way to – actually fit in yes but it sort of does the opposite for me because i'm like if you're saying this about that person i wonder what you say about me exactly. like it actually loses trust in people that are self-aware because i'm like hmm i don't know like you actually like the one thing that gets me is when people are like you wouldn't know until it's behind their back do you yeah. know what i mean that that's a gain like if you don't like someone unfollow them don't spend time with them like that's you don't have to do anything but when we sort of like do stuff out of spite or we do stuff because we don't want to offend anyone that's sort of when we get in trouble and we lose trust yeah but mm. like reality tv is like the most watched tv ever because mm. people just thrive on the highs and the lows and the drama and all of that yeah. so i feel like because you and i we just do our thing and we have our own highs and lows in our own world that we don't need to create a reality tv life mm. because we have uh, well i'll speak for myself but i have enough roller coasters just in work and what i'm doing and, mm. and all of that that i just don't have the energy to create that kind of life when no. we're younger we love all that stuff because we don't really have responsibility now and, and energy going into what we're doing in a day-to-day. -day. But I just don't have it in me. No. I don't care about what so-and-so is doing. Mm. I'm cooked. <laughs> At the end of the day, I just want to wind down. Yeah. Don't tell me about that. Yeah, I feel like when you've got a lot of problems in your life that you're naturally dealing with, though, you just care less about the others. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? like it's, it's all relative. It, yeah, it's all relative. It's like when you've got nothing to complain about, you complain about everything that's not complainable. True. You know? And the opposite's true, right? Like it's just that perspective piece. It's like yeah. I don't have time to worry about that. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm too worried about this and yeah. that's my problem and that's my reality and that's my world because we just see our own world for what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Very mystical, isn't it? So what are we up to? Materialistic and financial. Okay. Last one. So we've sort of covered off the physical one and then we clump together the emotional and the mental um, boundaries. Yeah. Oh, and then time and energy boundaries. We sort of covered off that around sort of saying yes um, and versus saying no. And you're not going to have FOMO. Every time someone's like, oh, I thought I would have FOMO and then I went and then it sucked. I'm like, yes. well, you just know. Yeah. You know, I don't really get FOMO anymore on things. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like FOMO is interesting. I feel like, I feel like... The only places I get FOMO is honestly like marketing or social media where it's made to look better than what it actually is. Oh, it's like, yeah. oh, I want to go to Bali. <laughs> you get there, you have Bali Bali. Oh, oh, yeah. This wasn't in the picture. Oh, everyone's in Europe. <laughs> I want to go to Europe. Yeah. You know, like everything looks better on the outside. But FOMO, <laughs> and for those that don't know, fear of missing out, oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's an, like – marketing do you know what I mean like people should, if, if marketing's done well for a lot of things people should feel like they're missing out on something if they don't get it right so True. you just have to be able to call it out and I think like with a lot of things that you get FOMO around that you feel like you should be doing it's you're not looking at the other side it's like yeah I could go to Europe but then I'd have to do this I'd have to do that I'd have to do that like is it all that it's cracked up to be probably not like I've had my backpacking years <laughs> there yeah. was a lot of good and a lot of not so good in that I think we were in Europe at the same time we were after our 
pumps, I think. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I think with FOMO it's about like time and energy, right? Like your your actual boundary around that is like how you spend your time but then more importantly how you spend your energy because yeah. they're not the same thing. And I know a lot of people are trying to, you know, be really efficient with managing their time but it's actually about managing your energy budget. And something that blows me away is like, when I'm working on projects or spending time with people that I genuinely like that give me energy, I can just go. Like mm. I can do big days. But if i got to do one hour of emails, it's I'm cooked. <laughs> I'm, I hate it. Any, anything yeah. admin, I'm just like, oh, my God, pull teeth out. But anything else, like anything creative, like I'm, I'm fine. And I think you. if you can put yourself in a space where that's your job or like that's what you get to do the majority of the time, where it fills your cup up, it gives you energy, like you'll work harder than you ever could in any other industry and I think that like volume and time in anything is like something that we need for repetition to get good at something so I think it's more about understanding what drains your energy and maybe like where you're getting like you know energy leaks if you've heard of that where it just like Mm. really drains you and it feels so taxing on your system they're the pieces that actually probably need boundaries to be put in place yeah and changing your perspective so when I said I don't get FOMO I actually lied because I do get FOMO <laughs> all the time, particularly when it's got to do with being in Melbourne and yeah, events family. and family. I get hard FOMO, so I don't know why I said that. But I'm just really good. Like when I got sick the other week and I couldn't come down to Melbourne, I missed my mum's birthday, I missed yeah. this event, I missed our podcast. And you feel sad. I, I cried when I because I've got COVID and I was Aww. tearing. I'm like, fuck. I am like, why did I test? Yeah. <laughs> but then I'm like, no, and I actually did have a bit of a cry and I'm like, far out, man. Because I was just having hard FOMO of all the things I was going to miss out on. And then I got over it as a type two. I'm like, yeah, I'm over it now. It's been a couple <laughs> of hours. I had my cry. I was home alone. I just cried it out. Yeah. And then I, I loved having a week off. I just, I'm good at changing my perspective. Like yeah. I have that emotion, fear of missing out and creating scenarios in my head that it's going to be better than what it is. But then I've just learned as a coping mechanism to say, oh, well, I missed all these cool things. I cried. But now I get a week off and I get to relax and re-energise and just chill out. And it was bloody amazing. Yeah. So if I ever get FOMO, I ask myself, do I really want to do it or do I like the idea of doing it? Mm. Because often you like the idea. Like you like how it looks. You like how it's viewed on social media. You, You know, you like the exterior of it rather than the actual process or experience. Yeah. And a really good a really good example would be competing. A lot of people like the idea of competing, but they don't want to do the work. They like the glitz and the glam, but they don't want to prep. Yeah. You know, they want to get on stage and look shredded, but they don't want to diet. So it's sort of, it's, do you want like the idea or do you like the actual work that's involved? Because you've got to love the work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you've got to love the process. That's exactly what trust the process means. Like you can't trust something you hate. So you have to be able to like really enjoy the work, the actual thing rather than what it looks like. And I think people get those two confused and then they go in a pathway and people do this professionally all the time, right? They're like, yep, that looks great. I'll do this. I'll get holidays here, I'll, I'll be an online coach, I'll travel the world, but then they don't actually understand what they're signing themselves up for and they're like, oh, I thought I wanted that, but now that I'm doing it, I've got the opposite of FOMO. Like I actually don't really want to do this at all. Yeah, the idea is an illusion. Our yeah. mind can just always make everything seem way more amazing, even past memories. You break up with someone, you just mm. remember all the good times. Yeah. Or you move somewhere, you just remember all the good times and it's like that's an illusion but then I also use FOMO as motivation. Mm. 
because, okay, you might have missed out on a scenario or you've got this idea of a lifestyle that you want to have, work your ass off for mm. it, find that process, enjoy it or just do it to then get the thing that you missed out on or that you feel like you're missing out on. Yeah. And then you might arrive there and say, okay, this actually wasn't what I thought. At least you tick it off and mm. you go, okay, I don't need to waste energy dreaming about this. Or you finally get to that destination that you were dreaming of and you love it. So mm. you can definitely use FOMO as motivation as yep. well. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. But, yeah, that's the time and the energy boundaries, I guess, which are really important that a lot of people, you know, probably don't think about a lot. I think we can get so robotic and, um, you know, you're either really schedulized or organized or the, or the opposite where you need it. It's like you don't really think logically about it. But the last one um, on boundaries is materialistic and financial. And this looks a little bit different for everyone as well. But materialistic, some people have, like, really strong boundaries around that. Like, they like materialistic objects. They want the handbag, they want the Rolex, they want the car, they want the things, they want the clothes. And that's okay, right? Like that's not good nor bad. It, it doesn't matter. It's just about understanding what people place as a boundary and what their values are. Because I can guarantee you if someone doesn't have strong materialistic boundaries or values, it's in another right? It's in another yeah. area. It's just shifted. We all have boundaries and values in certain aspects. But materialistic and financial are the is the last sort of category. And this makes me laugh because we've got a dot point about if your things are being touched or used without your permission, then your material boundaries are in violation. And when I was at my brother's house with my niece and nephew, like classic kids, don't touch mine, that's my toy, she's got my thing, blah, blah, blah. And I was laughing because I was telling them because my, my brother's got three kids and I had to say, hey, when I was your age, I didn't let your dad touch my stuff either because every time it came back, it was ruined. Yep. And <laughs> when I was a kid, I hated when people touch my things only because I felt like it was scarce. Because mm. I was a kid, I yep. couldn't go out well, of financial, my... that's what it attaches to. Yeah. Right? Like if we have worries about money, usually we're going to have higher materialistic values because we see that as... Well, as a kid, I had no yeah. money. I was 10 or 5. Yeah. I, I, I didn't know that, like I just thought it was my thing. I took ownership of it. I knew if he touched it, it would be wrecked and I can't replace it. So mm. I think if we think something is irreplaceable, we're more protective. Well, now that I've grown up, okay, cool. Worst case, I can just get another one. I mm. might have to save up depending on what it is, but it's not irreplaceable. So I actually don't care if people drive my car or use whatever. Like if yeah. they wreck it, fine. Okay, it is what it is. But as a kid, I was nuts with that stuff. Mm. But as I got older, I go, okay, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. So interesting. I'm a... <laughs> what are you? I, so Luke <laughs> has pretty strong values around like, you know, if you're going to do something, just ask and, and then borrow it. Whereas I don't have that. I'll be like, like, for example, <laughs> I'll always eat his muesli bars. And he'll be like, Ooh. did you eat the last muesli bar? And I'll be like, yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> so those little things that obviously he's named his need. <laughs> Why don't you say, hey, like, or do you just not see it as a big deal? You yeah. go, I'm hungry. I've been working all day. I want a quick snack. Then I've got to go to this next thing. Yeah, that's the way I see but it. For I just him, don't it's think. Like, I can't but for wait him, for that I've last taken something. Bar. It's not about the muesli bar, right? Yeah. Like, let's just make that clear. It's not about the muesli bar. <laughs> it's always about, like you said, not asking for permission, not yeah. asking for consent, taking something that's not yours. Um, whereas I don't think I, oh, I just, I can't really remember a time where I was sort of like that, to be honest. Okay. Like I'm pretty much like, no, oh, I'll just get a new one. Do you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. probably the way, oh, was whatever. Like I've always sort of been like that. Yeah. Um, whereas, like I said, our experiences shape who we are and he's, he's different. He, so I'm like, oh, you know, but that just, I, when you aren't aware of something 
and it's not something that you have a boundary around, most people would just go, oh, well, that's stupid. I'll do what I want. You know, and they, mm-hmm. they don't bend True. and they don't mould and they don't want to understand why that's actually important to him. Like for you, I know, for example, like family and time with people, like that's a massive value and boundary for you. So, you know, maybe someone being on their phone and just like ignoring you, like that would be insulting to you. Yeah. But like it would be. But for, <laughs> for someone else where it's not a boundary or a yeah. value for them, they pro- they wouldn't even be aware that that's what you would be thinking. Yeah, that's so true actually. But it you have to communicate it. Yep. And respect that everyone's boundaries are important because for you, you might just open the cupboard, had the muesli bar. You don't know. Luke might have tracked that in my fitness pal. He made sure, oh, I don't need to go to the shops yep. today because that's there's a literally, muesli bar left. That's literally <laughs> the train of thought that he goes down. I'm like, geez, you think a lot. <laughs> He's just pre-planned his food maybe. Or yep. like, I'm sure, have you ever though been in a situation where you've done your meal prep oh, and then yeah. someone's eaten it? Yeah. Or, or you're driving home from somewhere, you're like, yeah. yes, there's leftovers and it's gone. Oh, it's heartbreaking. Dating. But you see, because that's a value, he's never done that to me. So I've just oh, never noticed so it. I've yeah. just never noticed it. But <laughs> you can't set a boundary and then when the shoe's on the opposite foot, not yeah. respect it. Do you know what I mean? Like you've got to be able to catch yourself out. We're all human, right? At the totally. end of the day, we're all human. We all have our shit to work on. It's just about understanding and being able to acknowledge what's the most important that you need to work on. And before, um, you know, even before doing some stuff around boundaries, I just didn't even know there was different types of boundaries. Like mm. I didn't know that there was um, materialistic boundaries. I didn't know that there was mental and emotional or physical. Like I didn't understand those. And I didn't understand what it meant or how people responded when they didn't have those boundaries that had been met because that's what it's all about. Like I said, boundaries is about being able to preserve relationships. A lot of people think that boundaries are harder on relationships, but they're not. They actually allow you to keep your relationships healthy. Yeah. And once you nail that, realise that they're going to change as you change. So it's a forever changing concept in a sense. So that's the beauty of relationships. They're, They're always flowing and changing. So communicate your needs, Mm. your needs, and then recognise that other people's needs are just as important. And if you guys really, really, really clash after a lot of communication and effort, it comes to a point where it's like, okay, how much energy do I need to put into this? Mm. Is it time to move on? I've changed a lot or they've changed and I haven't, blah, blah, blah. Get used to the idea that, yeah, you can't always just try and fix relationships all the time Mm. because it becomes quite draining and life moves on. Yep, and it starts with you, right? Mm. Like I think if you want to have healthy relationships, you need to obviously have a healthy relationship with yourself but then you also need to understand yourself, like understand your triggers, like what sort of, you know, we all have our own quirky about like what we like, what we don't like, the type of people we like to spend time with. It's really just about getting curious as to why. Like what are they doing? I bet you it's about respect. They're respecting your boundaries, right? And they're understanding you on a deeper level. And, and can we do that for other people, right? Because you, you can have great influence when you can control your boundaries. Yeah, love it. How good. Awesome. So everyone get out there and say no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Decline the invite for the weekend. But no, in all seriousness, we hope you guys have taken something from today around boundaries um, in particular because it's been a big learning curve for me um, over the last couple of years is just learning to say no. It's so hard. It's so hard. And I don't mm. want to take that away because saying no is really difficult, but it it's so important if you want to be able to nail this. Yeah. So good luck practicing and remember, yeah, it is a work in progress, but you deserve to stay authentic to yourself always. 
If you're enjoying the podcast, please leave us a five-star review and hit follow so you can stay up to date with our weekly podcast.